Hello world, this is Stephen Francis, and you're listening to the Humble and Honest Podcast. Today's episode is with Ashley Key. Ashley Key is a multimedia producer for CBN, the Christian Broadcasting Network, and co-host for 700 Club Interactive, a live 30-minute show airing every weekday at 10 a.m. Eastern on the national cable channel Freeform. She is also a youth director for Relate Church in Suffolk, Virginia. Ashley is a daughter, sister, and friend to many. She is an evangelist and teacher devoted to spreading the message of Jesus Christ to the world around her, especially to her fellow millennials and the generations that follow. She is passionate about sharing what God has brought her through and how he continues to renew her mind and transform her life every day. In today's episode, we talk about how Ashley went on a one-year intimacy fast and all the things that she learned from doing that journey. We also talk about Unhooked, the ministry and program that she leads that helps give guidance on people in a hookup culture and in the battle against pornography. This is a conversation I believe all of us can learn something from, no matter what your relationship status. So without further ado, here it is, my conversation with Ashley Key. Ashley Key, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here with you today. Listen, Ashley, I came across your stuff on YouTube and I became an instant fan of what you do and your ministry. It is truly powerful and I and I love all of it. But fill the rest of us in, maybe the people that don't know who the great Ashley Key is. Who is she and how does she get to the platform that she's on today? Man, well, first I got to say, I got to answer the latter of that, which is how did I get to where I'm at today, which is, it's probably super cliche, but I I mean, it's the truth, like literally nothing but the grace of God. I mean, I can't believe where I'm at today. I never imagined that I would be doing what I'm doing today. So it's literally the grace of God. I've been so blessed uh, to work at CBN, the Christian Broadcasting Network, and be a co-host for one of their shows and and then have the opportunity to, you know, create series that basically touch on topics that are part of my story. God often uses our mess and he turns it into a message. And so unhooked and which is some of the stuff that you saw on YouTube, that's really just it comes from my story. And I just wanted to help others who were struggling with similar things. And just, I'm all about this. This is Ashley Key right here. Like I've changed, you know, we're all in a, on a journey, right? Like I'm not the same person I was five years ago, praise God. (laughs) But, you know, God just lit up my world. He lit up my life. And, you know, I was just such in a, a dark place and I really didn't know him. I was a, I grew up in a Christian home, but I didn't know what it meant to walk with the Lord. Right. And so this is kind of touching like on just how I even was transformed by God. But basically, like I knew God, grew up in a Christian home. We would go to church on, you know, Easter Sundays, Christmas Eve services, all that stuff. But I was very influenced by the world. And it wasn't until about junior and senior year of college when the Lord really just like, started to pursue my heart like never before. You know what I'm saying? Like I would, I'd be going out partying and then I'd go to church the next day, even if I was like hungover, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just, 
the Lord was just pursuing me. And I, I attribute that to obviously just his kindness. You know, it's because of the kindness of God, the father that we repent from our sins. Right. That's my story. And the prayers of my mom. Can we just mom, if you're listening, thank you so much. I love you. And of course the prayers of my sister, dad, you know, just family members who knew I just wasn't, wasn't doing, I was doing things I would, shouldn't have been doing. That is a little bit of my story. Who is Ashley Key? I am wearing a shirt that says Warrior Princess. I like to, my dad gave me that nickname a long time ago, just because I am very passionate about certain things. And the Lord kind of transformed my life. He's made me passionate about just people knowing God and specifically my generation. As you know, I'm sure, you know, like there's just an, a, a great exodus of our like generation coming out of the church and just denying God and not really walking with God. And my heart is really for people to know God. And that was my heart with Unhooked. Unhooked 1, which was talking about hookup culture and purity and all that stuff. And then Unhooked 2, which is talking about pornography. It's like, these are real things, real struggles that our generation deals with. And so um, I'm just all about, you know, setting the captives free, however God wants to use me and helping people really know God the Father. So powerful. So let's go into that. You have this thing called Unhooked. And this is, like you mentioned, how I came across your content on YouTube because you have a lot of things on that subject. And essentially, the beginning of it happened because after a series of, I guess, maybe some bad dating experiences and relationships, you decided to go on, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, a one-year intimacy fast. Talk me through what brought you to that point. And also, what is an intimacy fast? Because I've heard a lot of people say they're not going to date or they're going to date Jesus, any of that type of stuff. But you were very specific why you said, no, this is an intimacy fast. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So I'll tell you just the backstory of how how I even was led to that. So, you know, I come, I'm basically, I have a come to Jesus moment. You know, it's like junior year, senior year of college, right? So I was a serial dater. Um, this was before I knew the Lord and a little, you know, when I first started walking with God too, I was still just dating. You know, I would just basically serial dating is like going from one relationship to the next. And I think it was because for the longest time, I just believed that marriage was the end all be all. Right. So I was like constantly seeking that one, you know, my one and only, you know what I'm saying? And I guess I had that notion just because, well, there's a lot of different things, you know, the media can portray this like very much an idolized, they basically idolize marriage, even within the church too. I think marriage is very much idolized and it's portrayed as the end all be all in your life. And so basically, you know, I, I looked to my mom and dad and they met in high school. I looked to my sister and her husband met in high school. So when I didn't meet the one in high school, I was like, oh, okay, like what's going on? Fast forward to college, just dating to date, you know? And then with that, I was being sexually active because again, I was not walking with the Lord, although I called myself a Christian, but I thought it was okay because that's what the world was telling me to do. You know, I thought that it it was fine. Um, because these people were my boyfriends, right? Fast forward to, you know, I really start dedicating my life to God. Basically the Lord, I just, I didn't feel right about it. I didn't feel right about being sexually active. So I stopped doing that. And then it was like, I was reading this book by Mo Isom. Uh, It's called Wreck My Life. 
She's got an amazing testimony, Mo Isom Aiken. And I'm reading this book and she basically, her story was just similar to mine or my story was similar to hers, right? You know, she was struggling with promiscuity and just kind of lost, right? Just trying to fill that God-sized hole with the affections of men who aren't her husband. You know what I'm saying? And so I read her book and she talked about going on an intimacy fast, which meant you don't date for a whole year. You don't, uh, you're not physically intimate with anyone. You're not even texting guys. You're not flirting with guys. You're not basically being emotionally intimate with anyone other than God. Because let's be honest, you can be intimate with somebody emotionally and physically, even if they're not your boyfriend or significant other, right? So that's where the intimacy fast comes in. Like, okay, well, why don't you just call it a dating fast? Well, it's just because oftentimes we give ourselves, we give our hearts to people who we're not in a relationship with. And it's really, it was really just about what Mo did. She, she had a cute name for it. I didn't. She called it kissless till next Christmas. I just called it an intimacy fast, which definitely when I told people that, like a couple of people were like, well, what do you mean? Like, you mean like physical intimacy? I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, I stopped doing that a while ago. However, I'm still giving my heart to people who, for lack of a better term, don't deserve it in the sense that like, we're not in a covenantal thing. We're not in a marriage. You know, I kept trying to be intimate with these people on a level that only God can be that for me. Right. So basically I just, I read that in her book and I felt called to do that. I really felt God tell me, look, you're still like just dating to date. You're not dating with purpose other than you're just trying to like find the one and get married. And it's, it's not based on like me. It's not based on biblical truth. It's not based on my love for you. And so really God uh, called me to that. It sounded weird to many people and crazy and like, why are you doing this? I'm like, look, it's just something I have to do for myself. It's something that I have to do for myself because I know God is calling me to do this because he's trying to work on my heart. He's trying to work on my heart. That is something, you know, I came to the Lord and he it was just time. It was time to deal with things. It was time to stop the cycle of serial dating, stop the mentality that marriage is the end all be all, and to really allow God be everything to me, even from that standpoint, you know? So that's kind of how it led me, how I was led to that. I absolutely respect that because I think what you're saying too is like, there are so many people where they have had deep, intimate relationships with somebody all in their imagination. Yes. You can straight up like be in love with somebody and you haven't even talked to them. You've given them everything and it's not even that actual physical relationship. So the idea of doing a intimacy fast is you being sure that even mentally, emotionally, you're not giving yourself away, but you are saying, I'm withholding from that. I'm giving God all of this attention and affection. I was just going to say, I love what you said about giving God all of your attention, because like when you're invested in other people, a lot of your attention is taken away from God. And not to say that dating is bad because it's not like, I am not, not, I I don't condone not dating. Cause obviously you have to date to find a spouse. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's all about like purity of your heart, purity of your heart. I love that. And 
I have a very similar story to yours. I, I want to talk to you about that because I, like you, was in a series of very toxic relationships. And the last relationship I was in that was extremely toxic, it was it was bad. Like I was pursuing trying to be in ministry full time. And because of my relationship with this individual, I had to step down from a particular ministry role that I was doing in college. And a lot of things with my friends and family were starting to get severed. Something happened that really course corrected all of it. And I grew up Pentecostal charismatic. So I don't know how you feel about this. I'm going to just tell you what happened though. A woman who was very close to me called me while I was in school and she said, I've been having a very similar dream about you. And, and if you feel comfortable, I'd like to tell you about it. And I said, okay, cool. And she said in the dream, she would visit me and I was living in this house and this house had a really bad foundation and was clearly falling apart. And she would come and she says, Stephen, I don't think you should be here. I think you need to leave this place. This place is dangerous. And I would be like, I can't leave this place. Well, I can't leave this place because there's such a great couch here. Don't you love this couch? I should stay here because of this great couch. And then she'll come back again. It's like, you should leave this place. I was like, wait, but look at this lamp. I can't leave this lamp here. This is such a great house because of this one lamp. And I would keep coming up with these very small, insignificant things of staying in this house. And she says, the way the dream would end was that she was fearful for me because if I didn't finally leave the house, the house would collapse on me. And I interpreted it to mean that if I didn't course correct, the things that God had for me, I wouldn't be able to access because I was stuck in this place. So I ended up leaving the girl that I was in this relationship with. And I went through, it ended up one year. I didn't really give it a time period, but it was about a year, maybe a year and a half where I did something and it wasn't kissless until Christmas. It wasn't intimacy fast. I just said I was going to date myself. And, and by that, I meant I realized that for whatever reason, I didn't like myself enough to get to know myself. And I needed to figure out, first off, who God made me, why I see myself differently than how God made me, and then figure out what it is that God was putting in my life in order for me to live life with other people. So part of that was I went to restaurants by myself. I would go for walks in the park by myself. I would go to matinee movies by myself. And in the process of this season, I would always have like either a pen and paper or like just like the notes on my phone. And I would ask myself tough questions. How do I see myself? How do I see, what, what does the Bible say about me? Why is there a contradiction between what God says and what I see about myself and also what other people see? Anyway, long story short, I ended up going on this journey and it led me to a much healthier place. And eventually down the line, I met my wife and I don't think at all that God blessed me with my wife because I went on that journey at all. I don't believe in that narrative, but I do believe that if I didn't go on that journey, I don't know if I would have noticed her. I don't know if we even would have been compatible because the way that I saw myself and the way I was and the life journey that I was on, it definitely would have not made it possible for us to have anything that was healthy. So I think that's such a big part of it, you know, and you've kind of already made mention of it already, but I think there is a big perspective, especially in certain circles in the church world that 
God has a specific person for you. Therefore, you must be pure. You must hold out that there's a reward of a spouse because of these things. Do you believe that God owes you a spouse because of this type of purity pursuit that certain people may have? Definitely not. God does not owe me anything. He doesn't owe you anything. He doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't owe me a spouse just because I'm choosing to follow his commands and say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to hold off until marriage. I'm going to stay sexually pure. No, he doesn't owe me a spouse because of that. And there are a lot of people. And to be honest, I did fall into that narrative because, you know, I read the book and like, here's my wife and Aiken. She did this like one year, no dating fast. And then she like met the man of her dreams and they're married and they have kids. And, you know, she gave another example of somebody in the book of messaging her being like, oh my gosh, I did the same thing. And it's amazing. And I found my husband and blah, blah, blah. And I told a mentor when I was doing this and he was like, make sure you don't assume that God's just going to give you your husband after this. And it kind of took me like, I was like, oh, wait, am I thinking that? Is that what I'm expecting? Like, oh, well, if I do this, God's going to give me my husband. He's just going to plop right down from heaven and just be in my life. And it's just going to be good, you know? So I definitely fell into that lie because that's a lie. It is a lie to think that God owes you something. And so for those who think that doing this will lead them to a certain outcome, Please don't have that assumption or expectation. Be open-minded. Be open-minded to what God is going to do. Like, if anything, he just broke cycles in my life. And that's not even an if anything. I mean, he healed me from things. He changed my perspective. He gave me like God, his perspective on dating and marriage and love and sexual purity and broke things down in my heart that needed to be broken down. He, the biggest thing was he removed the idol of marriage because I made it an idol. And so many of us do Christians, non-Christians, like we make marriage an idol. And so, and I think having that expectation that he's going to give us the husband, I think goes hand in hand with making marriage an idol. God wants you to want him more than anything else, more than a husband and spouse, more than a husband and spouse. And that is what he taught me. I want you to want me more because I'm more than what your husband will ever be able to give you. I still believe that God is a good father and he gives good gifts and he knows the desires of my heart. And of course I have a desire to get married and you know have a family and stuff. But the biggest thing is just, and I'm still learning this and I think we all are on this journey, is just knowing and believing in our hearts, not just our heads, but our hearts, that he's more than enough. He is more than enough. He's already done more than enough. If he never, if I never marry, if I never have a family, his death on the cross was enough for me. And that's what he was doing in my heart and is still doing in my heart today. And so I just hope people are encouraged by that and know that that's not really how God operates. <laughs> that's not how we operate. Just have an open mind to what God's going to do. And if, if you meet the man of your dreams, woman of your dreams, amazing. That's amazing. But it's so much more than that, going on an intimacy faster, a dating faster, you know, something that you did. Hey, world, I hope you're enjoying this conversation so far. I want to let you know of a couple ways that you can support the show. 
If you haven't already, you can subscribe, share, and leave a review for the podcast so more people get the chance to know about it. Also, you can be a contributor through Patreon. For as low as $1 a month, you can help support this show and continue these conversations we're hearing today. As a thank you, all Patreon contributors will be receiving all of the episodes of Season 2 in their entirety. This conversation with Ashley Key was over an hour long, and we talked about everything from online dating to the famous Jonathan Harris book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye. I truly do believe this is a conversation you want to hear in full. So check out the Patreon page and see all that it has to offer. But for right now, let's get back into this conversation with Ashley Key. What you were saying is the most freeing, but also for certain people, the most difficult truth. Because unfortunately, I think there's a lot of people where the whole relationship on God is completely based off of what he can give them when it's it's himself that he wants to offer. And and I can truly say, and this is always, this is the thing, right? It's like when you hear somebody that's rich saying money isn't everything. I was like, well, that's easy for you to say because you're rich. So sometimes for me, because I'm married, there's, there's a level of like, oh, you have a spouse, so it's easy for you to say. But I can truly say God has been enough for me. He he was enough for me beforehand. And I love my wife. I love the life that I have with her. But still, even that will r- runs dry when it comes to fulfillment, when it comes to purpose. And, and, and God is the source of all of that for me. And because of that, not only does that make my relationship better, but it continues to keep me grounded in the sense of not fleeing to like, oh, I need another thing or I need more of this. So I just, oh man, I just love what you just said. I think it's so powerful. And hey, I'll, I'll say like, you know, I may be preaching, but I'm still in this. You know what I'm saying? Like this, the fast, you know, the intimacy fast, that was like almost three years ago. You know what I'm saying? And I'm still single and I'm still walking that out. So I hope people who are listening don't view me as like, oh, I've made it. You know, I've come to this amazing perspective and I'm good. You know, I have my moments. And so it's it's hard, but, you know, we just have to continue to choose and believe that God is enough and that he has everything we would ever want. It's all in him. Moving forward, there's a lot of different opinions out there, especially in the church world of how dating and relationships should go. Is there an area of dating and relationships that culture may actually have a better perspective compared to the church when it comes to dating, relationships, and marriage? I'm curious to know from you. Yeah, that's a good question. I, The first thing that pops to my mind is I think the world is better just about talking about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like just now we have people like you and people like Moral Revolution and uh, Kate Warman, who's the founder of the Heart of Dating podcast. I feel like just now people are more open to talk about dating and like the crappiness of it and the glorious parts of it and how it's the difficulties of it. So I think the world has been better of being transparent about dating. I can't say that the world has been really helpful in the dating world. You know, if anything, I think it's, and this is just from my experience, if anything, it's made it uh, tougher just because of the perceptions that it puts off and, and that sort of thing. But I do think the church has lacked just transparency about singleness and dating because 
it, I've said this, like it often makes marriage an idol. And oftentimes it's like, oh, well, you're not married. Like what's wrong with you? Like you can't serve the Lord if you're not married. Um, and I think that that mindset is finally um, being removed from the church. Uh, and hopefully it is. And I'm just not saying that, but I feel like it is just from my experience. It's like, no, like God is using your singleness. You know, he's using your marriage. He's also using your singleness. Both are extremely powerful and we can find both, uh, you know, in the Bible. Yeah. I think the world has just been better about talking about it. However, I would say the church is making a comeback. So I think we're better at it. I can agree with that. I think the church has the better perspective, especially when it's truly godly, but we are definitely late. To the train when just talking about it. If we were having more regular conversations about it, perhaps things might be a little bit different. You know, you, you mentioned that marriage can be an idolatry. Do you think virginity is also an idolatry as well sometimes within the church world? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like totally. And I just, I remember this story a couple of years ago. I don't know if you heard about this, but it was this girl getting married and her father made a physical certificate, like a printed certificate, framed it. And it was like declaring that, yes, she is still a virgin. And it was like presented on her wedding day. And I was just like, I just remember me and my coworkers were like, yo, what is this? (laughs) And we just, we had a discussion about it. And that question just automatically makes me go to that because I really do think that we can make sexual purity and virginity an idol for sure. Just because it, I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's just because we have, again, it's just not coming from like a pure place. It's more of like, oh, well, my parents told me to do this. So I'm just going to do this because it's better. And I'm just going to be proud of it. Not to say that you shouldn't feel good about yourself because you're resisting temptation. That's amazing. Yes, I applaud anyone who's doing that because it's hard. However, it's I think there's a fine line between that and being super prideful and kind of, for lack of a better term, like just kind of being a Pharisee about it, you know, like kind of rub it in other people's faces. And yeah, I definitely think it can be made an idol. And again, it just comes to, you know, having a pure heart. And that's really what God's looking for. Really, he's looking for your heart. He's looking for pure motives. And I mean, because you can be sexually pure and just have the darkest heart that's so far from God. What is? What would God rather have? He would rather have a repentant, humble, pure heart. Have a humble heart. Humility is huge. Like God looks at a humble heart. You know, I'm reminded of the scripture in the New Testament where Jesus is telling the story And it's two men coming to the temple to pray. And there's a Pharisee and a tax collector. And the Pharisee is like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not a sinner. And thank you so much, God. I'm not like this joker over here. And he's like pointing to the tax collector. And the tax collector is like, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. And Jesus said, the better of the two is the tax collector, the sinful man who is, but has a humble heart. Like that's what it's all about. Such great answers. Such great answers. Loneliness, though. Can we talk about that? How do you battle that? Because that happens. That happens to everybody. You you don't have to be single to feel loneliness. But oftentimes it seems exceptionally difficult in in that situation. And you've already mentioned that, you know, you've seen it where your mom and dad have each other. Your sister has somebody. and, And you're still not living in isolation, but there, you, you definitely are living in a sense of solitude where it's just you. 
how do you how do you navigate those moments of loneliness? Because sometimes they can definitely be crushing. Yeah. So, well, first off, I would just say like we have to pay attention to those feelings. Like, why am I feeling lonely? Am I feeling lonely because I feel like no one loves me? Or I'm feeling lonely because I'm grieving or mourning somebody or a relationship. It's like loneliness is a feeling, but it's the roots are something else oftentimes. So God has a remedy for all of that. So if anyone is listening to this and they're just feeling down and they just feel lonely, there is a much deeper issue. And my advice would to be to figure that out, you know, like ask yourself questions. Well, why am I feeling this way? Like reflect. And, you know, I'm saying this from, I'm kind of, you know, preaching to myself right now because oftentimes I'm, I'm very like other centric. Like I love people. Like I'm a very, I'm a people person, but sometimes it's the demise of not really self-reflecting and, you know, treating myself and being good to myself. So I've learned that, you know, it's like, why am I feeling this way? What is really the issue? It's like, oh, I'm lonely. Well, why? Why are you feeling that way? And a lot of times for me, it's been not necessarily loneliness, but pity, self-pity. Ooh, how many times have we been like, oh, another person's engaged. Another person's getting married. Another person's having a baby. Well, why me, God? Why am I not there? You know, And then you just feel like down and it's just self-pity. And self-pity is not part of the kingdom. It is not. It is not. So that those are feelings that are fleshly. Those are feelings that I think, you know, the enemy loves to use to bring us down and to make us feel like God has straight up abandoned us, which is not the case whatsoever. You know, in those moments for me, when I've just felt either lonely or just like pitying myself, I lament to God. I talk to God. I'm like, I just, I say, you know, well, God, this is happening and this is how I feel. Like I, I love David in the Psalms because he gives such a great blueprint for lamenting to God and how God wants us to talk to him, even about the crappy things, the things that we think about him. Like, God, why have you abandoned me? I'm pretty sure David says that in the Psalms. <laughs> like, why have you abandoned me, God? And then it's crazy because when we start to talk to God, then allow God to like talk back to you. You know, because then it's like, then something shifts. We're like, okay, okay, God, you are good. You are faithful. You know me better than I know myself. And there's a reason, there's a purpose for why I'm single right now. And oftentimes when I've done that, when I've lamented, I'll go to the scripture. I have this little book from Joyce Meyer and it literally like topics. So you, you know, if you're feeling hopeless, go to hopeless. And there's scriptures all about hopelessness. And I remember this one time, specific moment, um, maybe like almost a year ago now. And one of my friends, you know, me and her, we were like the single Christian girls, like holding out, you know, and there were like prospects. We both had like, you know, potential guys that we were interested in. It didn't work out for me. It worked out for her. She is getting married soon. And man, that was, that was hard. That was really hard. And I, I started, I got upset. I started crying. I was like angry at God and how like, uh, just looking back, you know, I'm just like, the enemy is such a liar. He's such a punk. You know, he's telling me all of these lies that God doesn't have this for you. He's not for you. You're not going to have this. You're not going to, you know, be loved. You aren't loved and all this stuff. And I went to the scriptures. I know that sounds cliche, but I just, I didn't really know what to do. It was late at night and I went to the scriptures and I just, 
had a moment with God. Like I just cried. I lamented. I read the scriptures. And by the end of that, I felt better. And another thing, be vulnerable with people. Be honest, like talk to people, even if they're not single, like it's okay. Just be like, man, I'm feeling like really upset about this. Just talking it out with people is so helpful. And I know that's helped me in those times as well. Mm. I so resonate with that because that was part of, again, my story in regards to the whole dating myself. I would think to myself, why am I lonely? I would ask myself, why do I feel sad about myself? You know, and you're so right. There was a level of going to God. There was a level of, like you said, praying, not just to God, but allowing God to speak to me. And then also, man, yeah, just that level of accountability. It's so crazy how sometimes, whether it's the prayer or whether it's just talking to somebody, will you instantly snap out of it? And it's like, oh, I'm actually, I was, I was fine the whole time. I allowed the enemy, I allowed my own negative thoughts to creep in and to tell me of a reality that actually was never really there. I just believed it. Man, it's so important for that. So to all of the listeners, please, please, please hear what Ashley is saying and follow that. I promise you in some of your darker times, God can bring the light that you need and help get you to a place. And then also self-help is also really big because here's the other thing. Scripture says that we're supposed to love the Lord, our God, with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourself. And so oftentimes we miss that part where it says we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourself. So if you don't like yourself, if you don't love yourself, you cannot properly love your neighbor. And the reason why I believe God is also first in that is because not only should he be priority, but you can better learn to love yourself because of your relationship with God. And all of that is connected. All of that is important in the type of relationships that you're pursuing, whether it's an intimate one or your relationship with yourself. So I want to navigate to probably the toughest part of this conversation. You know, one of the things that I love about your story is, again, just how open you are about some of your difficulties. And one of the difficulties that you bring up in your story is a struggle with pornography and how not only it affected you, but how you also ended up having different types of relationships or how it affected your relationships because of that. And it's not too common to hear a woman speak about this. So can you bring some light to this? Because I know that there's some female listeners out there that may be dealing with it and they may feel some type of shame about it. Talk to us about how this whole situation happened and also how you've gone to a better place from this. Because I think this is something big that women listeners need to hear too. Yeah, for sure. Well, the first thing I want to say is it's a total misconception that pornography is just a men's issue. That is not true whatsoever. The stats are showing that teen girls are in fact watching pornography. So yeah, let's just get that out of the out of the way. Like that's just not true. And especially with the internet, maybe it was the case like, you know, a while ago when it was just like magazines and stuff like that. But now, I mean, the internet, anybody has access to it, right? So anyways, to just share a little bit of my story. So, you know, I was involved in the hookup culture, college hookup culture, you know, serial dater, all this stuff. And then on top of that, I was listening to the world. I was listening to a friend who was condoning watching pornography and talking about how she watches it and all this stuff. And so I was like, oh, well, if she does, why am I not? Like, why not? You know, because I'm 
at this point, I'm already so infiltrated by the world and just like not following God and following my flesh and anything that the world said was okay. It was like, oh, it's okay. I didn't know any better. And so, you know, I started watching porn and it ne- it wasn't necessarily an issue for me because every time I would watch it, I would feel dirty. I would feel shameful as many people know. That's how you feel afterwards. And so I stopped and praise God. Like, I think he gave me a grace even then to just stop, like just cold Turkey and just be like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like just because of how bad I feel. But here's the thing, even though I stopped, the effects of it still were with me. Meaning I, and again, this not only came from pornography, but it came from just being involved in the hookup culture. Cause first of all, you can't talk about hookup culture and sexual purity and stuff like that without talking about porn, because that is so such a problem in our society, whether you're a Christian or not. And so I was already so infiltrated and influenced by the world, started watching porn, stopped watching porn, but the effects lasted. And the effects were my is a belief that I had that my desire and my worth only came from being sexually desired by others. You know, I would watch porn, I would see these things. And I just assumed that that's like, if a man is sexually attracted to you, that's where your worth and dignity comes from. And that is not true. That is not true whatsoever. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And it had me entangled. And I know it entangles so many other women and men because porn is a lie. That's what it is. It is a straight up lie. You know, it makes us think that that's how sex should be. And that's not the case. You talk to any former porn star uh, and they're like, no, it's, it's all, it's acting. That's it. It's not anything true. So yeah, that was part of my story. Again, it, it was very, it's all just like intermixed, you know, hookup culture, pornography, sexual promiscuity. It's all, it all runs together. And I, again, I, I do believe God gave me just a grace to just say no, even when I was still living in sin, but the effects were still with me. And I will say today I'm free from that. Like I, I don't struggle with pornography. I don't struggle with, you know, where that my value only comes from being sexually desired by others. And I do believe God healed me from that through the intimacy fast, through just continuing to walk in stride with him, continuing to know him as my father, but also like my beloved, someone who loves me so deeply and knows me so deeply than anyone ever could. And so, you know, with CBN, we, the first unhooked series was holy in a hookup world. The second series was purity in a pornified world. I'm just, I just want to help people. I just, I want to be humble and honest and, you know, talk about these things because our generation is just so bombarded by just the media, which portrays like so many lustful things. And literally you can't watch anything without like some crazy sex scene or nudity here and all this. And it's just like, man, we are literally bombarded by this. How do we fight back? Well, we fight back with God and God leads our way to healing. You know, he, he gives us different resources, whether that's people, a counselor, a course, um, a podcast like this, where people are just being open and honest and transparent because there's freedom. There's so much freedom when we're honest And when we're vulnerable, what's the scripture? It's in Revelation. Like we will overcome by the word of our testimony, the word of our testimony and the blood of the lamb. Like it's so important to share. And that's why I'm open and honest about like where God has taken me from because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. 
but also I just want to help others be set free. And I so greatly appreciate you doing that. And then it has been an inspiration to me. I have referred your videos to other people. And I believe, man, God is doing incredible work through all that you are doing. So we're out of time. For the people that are listening and they say, you know what? Maybe I need to go on an intimacy fast. Maybe I need more resources on what it is that you offer. What would you tell them? Where should they go? What are the next steps for these individuals? Yeah, well, for anyone who's watching who is struggling with pornography, um, knows somebody who's struggling with pornography, please, I would highly recommend go to cbn.com slash unhooked. So that was the latest Unhooked series that we did, and it's Purity in a Pornified World. And we have a free online course uh, called Set Free. All you have to do is put in your email, and it's an online course that's literally going to help you break free from pornography addiction. In addition to that, especially you know when it comes to hookup culture and dating and singleness, I love Kate Warman and the Heart of Dating podcast. Love her. Love what they're about moral revolution. I mean, we've already brought these two people up. They're great. And then of course, Mo Isom Aiken's book. Uh, I referenced her first book where I found out about the intimacy fast. That book is called Wreck My Life. Her second book is called Sex, Jesus, and the Conversations the Church Forgot, where she just kind of shares her experiences and her story with sexual promiscuity and like what the Lord brought her through. And now that she's married and have kids, like all of that. So good. And yeah, and then also Unhooked, the first one, Holy in a Hookup World. We have a 40-day devotional. It's an email devotional. So again, all you have to do is just put in your email. It's a 40-day devotional. It's kind of like a smaller intimacy fast. Like we recommend that you like don't date anyone during this 40-day time period and you just really allow God to speak to your heart, you know, speak to your heart about this, about dating, about marriage and yeah, just let him guide you. So those are just some resources. I mean, there's so many out there. And then of course, listen to this podcast, listen to Steven's podcast, which is so awesome. I love what you're about and what you're doing. Well, thank you so much for that plug, Ashley. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for this conversation. Yeah, of course. Thank you. And there you have it. My conversation with Ashley Key. Ashley, thank you so much for this conversation and keeping it all the way real with me. Guys, please check out the materials that she has with the ministry unhooked. I promise you will only grow from it. I made sure to put a link in the show notes of all the materials that she has. And I also highly recommend check out the Patreon page and listen to the conversation in full. I promise you won't regret it. You can only grow from it. I want to thank all of you guys for taking the time to listen. And I hope you will join me again next time on the Humble and Honest Podcast.